And now, from the Flat Earth Capital, San Diego, California, USA, The Shadow Effect Show with Rick and Mark. Brought to you by Shadow Effects Productions in association with Stainless Steel Emotions Music and Flat Earth Radio Live, The Ferret. The Ferret. The Ferret. Flat Earth Radio Live is a part of the Flat Earth Media Group, otherwise known as FEMG. The Ferret. The Ferret. The Ferret. You heard what the man said. You're listening to FERlive.com, The Ferret. And right now, live from San Diego, California, you are listening to the one and only The Shadow Effect Show with Rick and Mark. I'm here. Mark's here. What's up, Mark? What's going on, Rick? How was your weekend? My weekend was nowhere near as exciting as yours. I can tell you that. (laughs) That was completely by accident. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. Where'd you go? Well, a friend of mine that was uh, actually going to be our guest tomorrow night, Mike Prestigiacomo, he used to work for PIMCO, which is a subsidiary of Martin Marietta, which is a branch of NASA. And uh, he's an electrical engineer. Well, he's retired from from, uh, Martin Marietta. Uh, He designed three satellites. And the transmissions, he was actually the repeatable phase of the communication you know he did mostly communications with the satellite coming back to earth and he put flat earth together uh because he thinks satellite transmissions would be a lot easier bouncing off of a dome as opposed to endless space so he's got a great take on why he came into the flat earth uh truth movement and because he was the same guy a year ago that was calling you and I nuts. And he is so fired up about it. He went ahead and says, man, I'm going to, can I go to Denver? I'll buy the tickets if we can go to Denver. I don't want to go by myself. I said, sure, go ahead and do it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm in. You know, you want to buy the tickets? Fine. You know, I'm going to pay him back, but... <clears throat> He rented us a, uh, a Mercedes at the Denver airport, so the guy actually has got a few dollars. You know, he's, he owns two Subway uh, restaurants, and uh, he's retired from the satellite, you know, electrical engineer, but, but by his trade was. He's a guy I used to cheat off of in high school, so I've known him for 45 years. He's a so, brainiac, you know? So he's, not, he's not coming on the show tonight? Uh, that would be tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow night. All right, those of you who were listening last week, I said Monday. I beg your pardon. It's tomorrow night, Tuesday, for Mike J- Prestigiacomo, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, I think I think the show is going to be fascinating because on a wait from New Orleans to Biloxi, you know, it's about 55, 60 miles away, you know? And we get in this 2018 Corvette, you know what I mean? He... And he it's funny. It reminds me when I had my little Mercedes, my sports car, 
and he doesn't like being around 18-wheelers. And, you know, Interstate 12 going from New Orleans to Biloxi, man, you got nothing but 18-wheelers everywhere. You know what I mean? Where they're kicking up rocks. He doesn't want to hurt his mistress, his little baby, his car, you know? So that sucker goes from 50 to 95, 100, like in a, in a New York second. You know what I mean? I said, dude, you need to slow your ass down. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want those rocks kicking up and hitting my car. You know what I mean? So he babies that that little Corvette, and uh, we went up there. We had a great time, but man, it's amazing. He actually almost freaked out being at the Hard Rock Cafe Casino because we were running into. I, I wore my Math Powerland shirt, you know, photo or painting. And I had people come up to me and say, are you a flat earther? I said, absolutely. So am I. <laughs> really? That's, that's seven, fascinating. I've never seven, had that happen to me. Seven different, you know, a few, like four couples and three separate people, a, a total of seven. And uh, that would actually, we were sitting there talking for hours. Now, you know, you got to remember, it's hard to broadcast a live feed because you got a live band playing. You got the casino tables, the roulette tables. Yeah, you got the, the only way the only way we would ever be able to do that is if we were in the tie into the house system. Right, right. You're absolutely correct. But we had a good time, you know, and as I said earlier, I kind of, you know, I don't like to drink too much. Only because it's, first off, I don't put myself in a situation where I have to do that. You know what I mean? But he uh, bought my ticket, and he goes, man, why don't you come with me? Let's go to, from time to time, I like to go to this place called the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> Casino. And since he bought my ticket, I wasn't about to say no. You know what I mean? That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be nice, would it? So no, you, know, you shouldn't when, you shouldn't turn down something that's offered like that. I mean, really. Yeah, he bought the plane ticket, the hotel room where the conventions being held. He's well, got I mean, us. A, you know, he may be know. some religious type where if you turn down an offered gift, he'll be by his religion. He'll have to cut your throat. You know. <laughs> well, the, the the big thing is at the end of the night for the airplane ticket in the hotel. And again, I gave him a I gave him a bill. You know, hundred bucks, but. It was a good deal that he got, and, you know, I feel obligated. I, he, he says, man, I'm going to buy you tickets. Don't worry about it, as long as you come with me. You know what I mean? And he might have a crush on Shelly, but, you know, all of us do. You know, what the hell, you know? <laughs> Not all I'm of kidding. us. I'm kidding. I don't have I – th I think she's a great friend, you know, a truth. And obviously she's a credit to our, to our radio station, and – and but you know I'm just a pull on that. I I always tell I love you, woman, because I do. I think she's a great truther. She is a great addition to FurLiveRadio.com, and you know, and she's got a great speaking voice. And yeah, I wish I had half the talent she had on the radio. You know, I mean, not all of us. I mean, you know, if if you don't like Farrah Fawcett, and you know. You don't think perfect eyes and perfect teeth or nothing? Not not all of us. Well, I think the greatest thing is her heart, though. You know what I mean? As, as pretty as she pleasing to the eye, I think inside is what I look at. You know, I think we all do. You know, oh, being isn't that special? 
You well, are one special guy. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, just ask my shadow, dude. I'm at a point when I got inebriated the other night. I think my shadow left me that night. My shadow was ashamed of Mark Hollander because I'm not a drinker, you know. But when I drink, it's like, man, I don't remember driving home. No, I'm kidding. But it was like a fog. You know, that's why I don't like to drink. You know, I'm kind of, I get oh, kind of yeah. goofy. I'm goofy enough when I'm sober, you know, so why drink? <laughs> you know why I quit drinking? I'm going to tell you. Because I hate You're... drunks. And you ran out of alcohol. Go... <laughs> no, I, I hate being around drunk people. That's why I quit getting drunk. Yeah. Because I goofy. even hate myself when I'm drunk. People are goofy enough, and then when they drink, when they drunk, they even that much goofier. I guess that's right. You know? I'll, I'll accept my wife. I, you know, I gotta admit, I always like my wife, and she gets drunk because she gets so silly. <laughs> I, I tell Barb I second that motion because. I'm goofy as it is, and I love being silly and love giggling. I get—I'm a giggle drunk. I'm not, you know. But yeah, that, I understand what, what you're is. saying, Rick. Yeah. Because a lot of people, when they get drunk, they get arrogant. Yeah, arrogant. me, uh, not me. I—I want to fight. I want to. I admit, I get that tequila in you. You, you know, we used to call it tequila. You. Tequila. You. Tequila. You. And Did you suck, that's that, the suck next up thing. that worm at the bottom? Hey, Did you eat that what, worm? No, that's not tequila. That's mezcal. And I never went for that crap. But we'd be sitting at a party, me and all my friends, and drinking that crap, that tequila you. And if somebody didn't happen along for us to fight with, we'd be fighting with ourselves. <laughs> sure. Again, that, I'd look a at my best buddy, my best friend, Mark, my best buddy would be sitting next to me. Next thing you know, him and I would be standing out in the alley swinging at each other. And then so, laughing about it afterwards. Or patching <laughs> each other up or sitting next to each other in jail going, I, I got to quit drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good thing. You know, it really isn't. But I got, I got to admit, I was happy and content that, you know, we were going to be represented, you know, at the conference. And, you know, God takes care of us, Rick. He does, you know. I, you know, I'm thinking, well, man, you know, we're not raising enough money to send all four of us up. You know, Shelly was, you know, she confirmed the fact that, yes, yeah, she is going. And all of a sudden, uh, this guy's really uh, ran, running into him. He goes, man, Mark, you were right about the flat earth. He goes, I, I'm amazed. And as, this is a guy I looked up to. You, for you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be so surprised by that, Mark, because I'm going to tell you the truth. That's how you and I met. When I first came into the Flat Earth movement, I mean, I always had my suspicions. So when I saw that there were actually people who were starting to realize that the Earth ain't no globe, I came into it, but I, I was still a skeptic. You remember when I first came into the group, I quit after no, about no, a I day? remember. I, I came into the group fighting with everybody, fighting and fighting and arguing. But here comes Mark. Mark is the one guy in this in the group that didn't fight with me. He sounded rather reasonable and, you know, highly intelligent. So I stuck with him. 
that's been about eight months now, hasn't it, Mark? Since I yes, it has. And, at least, and, and yeah. even uh, you know, I took uh, you know, even a Thibodeau, John. John's a smart guy too, but uh, Thibodeau. Yeah, but John has got this. John may be a smart guy, but he's got this one problem. It's a medical problem. He's got this giant pimple on his shoulder, right between. Yeah, the two he shoulders. wants to hang on to that ball. That that's right, is the earth ball. But the thing about John, um, we had a little contention. You know, I posted Shelly. I wanted to congratulate Shelly Renee is, is one of our administrators. And then we got four of us, you and I, and uh, Tracy and Shelly. And she was really pumped up about being an, an admin for us. And I said, well, you know, that can only help us with your... Well, you, you make us all look good, you know what I mean? But she's yeah. pretty smart. And but by the, the way, <clears throat> I, I need to mention this. All of the hosts become admins at Flat Earth Radio's group as well. And that includes you, I forgot to tell you. All of us become admins. And the reason is because the Flat Earth Radio group is for the the hosts. So, And we use no, it for advertising. And I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I think that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know? It's not like the whole world is capable of posting there. It's it's only us. Only the people who are admins can post there. I, so, I believe I'm gonna do my sh my initial show probably on. Um, I'm gonna try to do one on Friday or Saturday if that's okay with you guys. Is that and, right? Uh, You're set to go, huh? Hey, that's I, great. Well, I'm, I'm gonna seriously. need a little maybe an hour's worth of help with you, but I think I'm set up on my uh, desktop. You know what I mean? So I think we should be okay. Yeah. You, you also need to get used to using your desktop because you know you're going to need to take that with you to Denver. I will do that. That that That's essential. I already knew that, you know, because I got Skype on it, so we'll be okay at the convention. And obviously I'm probably, you know, Shelly and I, I think we're going to be covered pretty well. You know, man, gee whiz, I wish you were coming with us, though, man. It's just, but you got to run this control. Look at it this way. Our art department, if you get my drift. When I say art department, you know who I mean. Right? Mm -hmm. Our our engineer. Anyway, yes. he told me that I need to set up a mobile unit, something like that, where I can control everything. But here, I've got my analog mixing board. I've got my cameras. I've got two computers. And I've got a solid, steady engagement with the Internet. So if I were to give any of this up, we would be at, at the, uh, the mercy of all these little technical glitches that we've been experiencing lately. From here, I can make sure that what you guys do out there <coughs> comes across and gets uh, funneled into our broadcast perfectly. Otherwise, it's just going to be a free-for-all. We can't have all the hosts signing on when they want and logging in and doing shows at, at will. Because we have a, a schedule to keep up. So no, we have to make I'm, sure. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, so yeah. I have to make sure. I got to do my job. As, as a host, my, my job is not only as a host. My job is also station programming engineer, or uh, station programming manager, and station engineer. So everything that gets done through the station comes directly through the art department and I. Because we are the brains behind this thing. I mean, and I, when and, I say art I'm department, a, I'm a that's the engineer. Feel, I'm going to make you feel good, too, about finishing up that story with Thibodeau. Uh, he was, you know, used the word stupid. And I said, John, look, 
You know, we've had a lot of situations. We do not discriminate against anyone. One of our admins here, Donald Newell, we kicked him out of the group. So I have no problem at all kicking you out. You know what I mean? I said yeah. you, either, you either apologize because, you know, if you want civility, look, if you want on ABC News, you won't be able to talk like that to you as a guest. Not, not only that, host, Mark. You know what I mean? Picture yourself at, at school on your first day. Remember back in school when I don't know if you, you ever traveled or came to a new school, but there was a, a tradition where they would make you, you know, stand up and introduce yourself and all that. So just imagine here it is your first day of school. And when you get told to stand up and introduce yourself, the first thing you do is start talking about this little fat kid sitting next to you. Then you look at the Mexican kid, and you start saying how much you hate Mexicans. Then you look over there at the little uh, Arab kid, and you go on and you continue on and on and on. So the teacher sends you out of the uh, classroom to the office, where you have a chance to sit and think about the stupid things that you just said and did. So finally the principal gets up and says, Go back to your class, boy, and stay out of trouble. So he comes back to the class, and what's the first thing he does when he comes into class? He trips the poor little kid wearing glasses, calls him a nerd, starts making him cry. The teacher sends him out of the office again. Now here he is sitting in the office with the principal. This continues on three serious times. So finally the principal says, I think you're actually a good kid. And you have a lot to add to the school. I'm going to give you a fourth chance. So this kid comes back to the school. He walks in the door, looks at that poor little nerdy kid with the glasses, and starts on him again immediately. You've got John Thibodeau. That's exactly what he did. He had more chances in our groups than any other human. Mark and I will only give you one chance, folks. This guy had four. And I kicked him out. You know, he's still on my personal timeline. Now, oh, you Mark realize... and I fought over this guy. It became no, obvious yeah. to us that that's what he was trying to do. We think he was but, sent by the opposition to wedge a, uh, well, put a wedge in between us. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I believe that Donald was a problem for us. And I think him, he and uh, John were like oil and gasoline together. You know what I mean? And Donald you know, was you, don't, you don't put out fire with oil. You don't. That's you don't right. Donald was a, a different fire. story. Donald went crazy. But I do. Thibodeau I, I that, came in. I, <laughs> Thibodeau came in that, that way. Was, a lot of that was Donald's fault and not John's. You know. Yeah, and Thibodeau. John's came not in. that crazy. No, you know what it is. I, I shouldn't use the word crazy, but what happens to these highly educated types? Remember, I told you about the house completely packed with furniture thing. You remember that? Yes. That's, that's what people like Donald are. His house is so crowded, packed with furniture, wall to wall, ceiling to floor, that he can't even go in there. And that's what his brain is experiencing. He has got so much knowledge and so much learning packed in his brain that he friggin' can't use his brain. But but because the social knowledge is even more important. And that's the reason why I gave an analogy about ABC News. I mean, and I'm throwing ABC out there just for the sake of throwing someone out. And you're going to be civil. Civility, being able to socially interact with people who have a different opinion in you. It doesn't make them a shill, a troll, an idiot, an asshole, a goofball, whatever. Let them have a different opinion. Why would that change your world? Why would that upset you? 
If they have that, a that's different a good opinion, question, educate them on your opinion. That's perfect. And if they still don't get it, so what? Let it go. Let it go. That's yeah, right. And, and I'm so world. glad you brought that up because we're going to go into today's story. You know, we don't just come here to sit and rap. This is actually a radio show. So <laughs> let's get into some of that. I mean, it's it's great. Mark and I can sit here all friggin' day. And, you know, just back and forth like this. But we, we really should get into our information for the day. We, we have got something planned. I mean, we did talk about something, didn't we, Mark, before the show started? So let's get into that. Okay. We want to talk about this astronaut guy, astronaut, N-O-T. You still there, Mark? Uh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Scott Kelly, right? Scott Kelly, that's the guy. Now, before we go too deep into this, I want to play you a, a couple of minutes of this, this um, incident where this seemingly bright young man comes into a Q&A session with Scott, astronaut Scott, and he actually gets his chance to stand up before the entire forum and the audience and everybody and ask a question. Tampa Bay, Florida. Florida. It was in Tampa, Florida. It was in Tampa Bay, Florida. That's exactly right. And maybe you've seen the uh, the uh, video. If you haven't, you need to check it out. I'll give you the the link to it. But um, the uh, actually the title of the video is is uh, Scott Kelly confronts bubbles in space. Now we all know about the bubbles in space thing, but what we what people don't understand is that is just an aspect of our evidence and should never be used to constitute a solid argument because bubbles in space is, is kind of silly and not only that I've looked at all the videos they definitely are bubbles in space but they're so bad so poor and the uh, quality isn't there that it really does leave it up to you to decide whether or not those are or those are bubbles does that make sense Yes. So what I'm saying is that you should not use the bubbles in space argument to lead your argument for crying out loud. I can just slap this kid for that. But we're going to play this. I want you to see the audience's reaction when he asks his question. This is very important because we see two things in this. We see, first of all, the level of indoctrination that is being installed here because you know that everybody in this audience is a plant. They're followers. They're nastards. You know that. And second of all, the way that Scott Kelly, astronaut, handles this question like it's coming from a child. And, and that's what's important because it's obvious to us that ridicule and laughter at us, at the Flat Earth people, is a valued part of their entire defense. Yeah, but his face turned red, Rick. He was... That's right. Believe me, he was absolutely stunned Yeah, but you noticed, though, that the audience all jumped in to back him up. Oh, it's funny. (laughs) He was stunned by... He he was stumped. He had to take a couple steps back and start thinking about how he was going to respond. To me, that's what was gold about that video. I think... He was absolutely stumped. I agree. He he really was. And if you watch the video, you can you can see that. But you'll hear it in just a moment. But there's another very important aspect about this that I have to bring up. 
and that is that the way that the, uh, the the mainstream media and the handlers and NASA and everyone else who's who's on the other side of us they use little guys like this poor dude who did this interview and he was carefully selected for one thing he's far, pardon me for saying this but he's got that look of a conspiracy theorist no one's going to take this guy serious to begin with he's, he's he looks like slender, faster from, he looks like faster from the adams family you see my point he's got the look <laughs> they're not going to get some business type standing there in a thousand dollar suit up there to start posing any questions about bubbles in space. The, uh, the the archetype is him, so they chose correctly there. And the way that he introduced his question, you're going to hear this in a moment, is, is so retarded, I'm sorry for saying that, but he blew his <coughs> chance. What I'm saying is that the media deliberately seeks people like this guy out for publication because he's going to make us all look stupid he really is and for not just asking that that ignorant question for leading off with bubbles in space i mean come on mark you know as well as i do all the research that we do if you were suddenly faced by scott kelly and you were going to ask him a question would bubbles in space be the question that you lead off with no i'd probably get arrested for punch for getting in a fight with him physically Because that's that's I'll hold him down, Mark. That's the piece of shit of society. We'll both bum rush his ass on the. Could you picture that? We bum rush him on the stage. I grab him by his arms. Well, we shouldn't talk that way, man. They'll they'll, flat flat Earth arrested for punching out ass. I know that'd be so cool, but we can't even talk that way. They'll think we're Alex Jones people or some shit. (laughs) I mean, I was accused of being Alex Jones by some. Look, um, one of the things that we try, you and I hold dear in our heart, you know, on all these five social websites, these groups that we own, is that we try to find ultimate truth and that we, that anybody that bashes Jesus Christ or people that bash, you know, and it's not about religion. It's about biblical truth. It's yeah. Religion, religion is the problem in society. You're right. They, they, you're getting ahead of us. I wanted other. to talk about that too in today's show. So let, let's. You're getting a little bit of ahead. But anyway, let's, what, let's what, I wanted, what I wanted to finish the point was that I actually had to delete people. One said, "F the Bible." You know, I mean, I don't want to mingle with people like that. They think the Earth is flat, but they, for some reason, they think we came from primordial soup. You know, that, I know that, the that's Big like Bang. doing half your homework right there. That's just as foolish as atheists. I mean, yeah, if you're an atheist, yeah, you get that modern secular world religion is bullshit. You get that. Good for you. We understand. But you didn't finish your homework. You didn't go forward and find out since this this God thing that they teach us in, in church is definitely unreal, what is real? You just left it at that, you atheist. You just said, well, there's no God. And you went. You left. But what Mark and I did was we went from there and understand that you need to learn to separate God from religion. God Bingo, religion. bang, bang, we got a winner. You are the winner. That's right. You have that to separate exactly the two. exactly right. That's correct. Isn't it? You have to separate the two. Because simply God did not create religion, man did. If religion has failed, 
It's because it is an invention, a creation of man. All things Ag created paganism. by man fail. That's where the ball worshippers came from. That's it's right. called paganism. You know? Everything ever created by man has failed, will fail, is destined to fail. That's the only thing we know how to build. How long you think your car is going to last? How long you think that TV is going to be around, lady? What makes you think that that ISS thing they supposedly got up there would have lasted 20 freaking years? <laughs> no, I, I got even something better for you, Rick. What about that, the, the Juno probe, the satellite? They actually, the battery went dead for 21 years. All of a sudden, the battery came back to life. Well, they did the same thing with the Mars probes. According to NASA, I don't mean to get off on a sideline, but listen to this. According to NASA, uh, Mars experienced a planet-wide dust storm for a year. It lasted a whole year. So during that time, none of the solar panels were capable of absorbing any sunlight on either of the three Mars probes. So their batteries went out. At one point, they were so worried that that little heater on the IC chips, you know, the computer's brain, there's a little right. heater on that. If that little heater were to go dead, the IC chips would freeze. So, and, and not only this, imagine them sitting out there in a dust storm for a whole year, how much dust these things would have collected on them. So anyway, just out of the blue, just all of a sudden, NASA goes, oh, all three of our Mars probes are back up. And get this. Not only did the dust not collect on those solar probes, the wind cleaned them off. Unreal. Hey, Unreal. hey you, do, you do realize one thing, though. The Mars probe, all those, what's that, opportunity, curiosity, and endeavor, ignorance. whatever. <laughs> no, opportunity, know. curiosity, and ignorance. <laughs> right. Well, guess, guess where they practice their rovers at? Arizona or the California or Utah? Nope, nope. It's a North Arctic island. It's called Devon Island. Devon, D-E-V-O-N. It is a Canadian-owned... By the way, it's uninhabited. But for some strange reason, Rick, NASA has a facility at Devon Island, uninhabited, red clay. It's kind of a reddish tone to the whole island and the, NASA's got a facility and by the way they practice their rovers there they test their rovers at this facility well that's where you get your Mars that's where Mars is at Mars pictures are from Earth that's where they're from the North Arctic Island called Devon yeah, and that's and where Mark, I don't, you get I don't know Mars you photos this. from I don't know if you knew this or not but I learned this from an astronomer he said the reason why NASA never depicts stars in any of their images is because any astronomer worth their weight in mud could triangulate the position of where that photograph was taken by the stars. That's correct. Yeah. You don't so, see you don't see any stars out, do you, Ray? No, no, you don't. And and here's what kills me. Go out on any uh any evening, any starlit evening, and, well, there's the stars. Yet NASA claims that stars are not visible because of the, the uh, what is it, the stray lights from the sun or something like that. But the real reason is because some astronomer somewhere back here on Earth could quite easily triangulate the stars that are in their images and tell one thing. 
that that wasn't taken from anywhere but the Earth. That's correct. I mean, you hear astronomers say things like, and I've heard a lot of Egyptologists say this, that we can actually go back in time by running back the stars, and that's how they know how to date these things and all that stuff. I mean, Egyptology is a joke, there's no doubt. But I'm going by, you know, the things that they say and how easily it how easily they get hung up on what they're trying to say. And and we just dig it out. Especially carbon dating, you know what I mean? That is yeah. such you a know what? joke. Few historians actually twenty rely. million years, you know, and all that yeah. crap. Yeah. No serious archaeologist relies on carbon dating because they know it's a flawed technology. Right. But anyway, Very easily listen. debunkable. Okay, but anyway, I, I want you audience to listen to just a little bit of this this uh, incident between this young man and uh, astronaut Scott Kelly, and I want you to know why this particular video got out and you're never going to see a, a person with a technological background like me or like like Shelley Lewis or someone get to come up there and ask astronaut Scott or ask or not buzzed a, a real serious question they're just Hell, they might let, arrest me if they if they, they know damn, my, well know besides I'm that saying. besides the violence <laughs> I would get up here and I would pose such questions to them that that he'd shit his pants he seriously yep. would so anyway, this is just a little bit of this interview. And uh, where was this again, Mark? This was a Q&A session. Uh, Tampa, Florida. Is that one Tampa, of the uh, coliseums in Tampa, Florida? Right. And an I just want you to hear. It was an amphitheater, the Tampa Amphitheater. Right. The importance of my running this is I want you to hear the laughter of the audience. Because what they're telling us here is simple. You guys can't be taken serious. We won't allow it. Because they brainwash. Hey, how you doing? How's Bubbles in Space doing? How's what? Bubbles in Space? Bubbles in Space? Yeah. I don't know what that is. No? You Mr. Kelly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't remember the question from Tampa about the bubbles in space coming up from the helmet? No. Yeah, you guys are in an underwater pool, remember? <laughs> we know. Just remember. Um, spacewalks outside the International Space Station. We can see air bubbles rising up. Can you touch on how there are air bubbles in space? Uh, on the outside of the space station, you'll liberate little pieces of, um, you know, it's a really harsh environment out there and the outside of the space station gets beat up pretty good. And sometimes, you know, you'll see just little flecks of paint or something. Could it be that you're filming in an underwater pool and you're not really out there? <laughs> I just encourage everyone to look up Bubbles in Space, hashtag Bubbles in Space. Thank you very much. There. Did you see that? <clears throat> Did you hear how that works? This man comes here to be taken seriously, and he gets laughed at. I wonder when the last time in this country people who were involved in foolishness were ever publicly laughed at like that and ridiculed in that, in that manner, and I find that disgusting. But the most important thing about that video, that little piece right there that was played, there's two aspects of this. First is that these astronauts are apparently kept the hell off the internet because he would have known what bubbles in space means if if Scott Kelly surfed the internet. Well, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. There was some that laughed, Rick, but there was some that just said, 
you know, like like in, in astonishment. You know what right. I mean? So it wasn't like the whole amphitheater was laughing. Only the A planets. lot of them was shocked at the question. Only Don't the sock right? puppets were laughing, Mark. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying half the audience was kind of in awestruck. Right. You agree? Oh, yeah, I agree. But the audience is also stuffed with sock puppets to make sure that no no unwanted rhetoric gets through without being laughed down. Make sense? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm thinking that the guy that asked the question was, uh, he pretended like he was a uh, space cadet NASA believer, you know, in right. my opinion. And and here's the my second point that I need to make here is that this man was carefully screened, and his question was carefully screened too, so that no one like me or Mark or somebody who, who could ask him a serious question would be able to get through. So no, I, I think that he lied about the question. I, I believe that that was ad hoc. I think that was so. Yeah, no I, doubt. I that, think that was he, ad hoc. I, oh, yeah. That was I, ad hoc. I believe that this man wanted to call him out on it. For that, I really applaud him, Rick, because it, it's a question that really stumped the, the idiot astronaut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, agree I with applaud. You. I think he lied to his screeners. And I I'm, think I'm he actually wanted glad to find that, out how he would answer that question. Yeah, I'm glad you took that that uh, position on that because I, I want to take the opposite position on this one. While you want to uh, applaud him and you have respect for him, I have no respect for him for for one thing. Leading off with that caliber of question, the uh, question that he should have asked. Now I want you to hear this. Everyone, listen. Um, I, I spoke about this earlier in our chat room, but here's a good question. Let, let me put this the way I would ask him, okay? I understand that the design parameters of both the Apollo Lunar LEMs and the ISS indicate that an aluminum alloy was used to create the vessels. Is that correct, sir? Now, of course, Buzz, or I mean, the astronaut uh, Scott there is going to say, <clears throat> he's going to say something cute like, uh, Gee, I don't know. I I just fly the birds. I don't build them, you know. And then everybody right. in the audience would laugh again. And then, oh, I would hope for him to say that, because I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say that's not very becoming of a man of your experience and background. Astronaut Gus Grissom was involved with nearly every single aspect of the design of the Apollo One vessel. That's kind of strange, don't you think, sir? That you don't seem to care. And at any rate, to my question. The described melting point of aluminum hybrid polymers and alloys is somewhere between 1,221 degrees Fahrenheit, 660.3 degrees Celsius. 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 And what you call empty space can be more than 1,000 degrees, even millions of degrees. Now, understand that if you're floating around in an ocean that's 1,000 degrees, and your boat melts at 1,200 degrees, I wouldn't feel too comfortable if I was you because you're only 200 degrees on the good side of that boat that you're in melting away. So I'd ask the man, can you comment on why the ISS or the Apollo lunar configurations simply didn't melt in space? Now let's see you, let's see you laugh at that question, audience. Mm. How about this? Why is the ISS remain in its true shape? You know what I'm saying? Because at that point, 
of the melting of the Fahrenheit and Celsius, it would distort the shape of the ISS that's right. itself. And let's not talk about this. <laughs> it would change but, shape. <laughs> now, I only mentioned the melting point of aluminum. There is another temperature. It's called the, the softening point. point. That's right. right. The softening point is around 800 degrees. So long well, you before... Know, the Van Allen belts go up to from... from uh, this is now... This is from Jack Van Allen himself, who was a university... He was head of the physics department at the University of Iowa, you know, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He came up, he's the one that discovered the Van Allen belts. And he suggests at 99 miles up, in the upper stratosphere turns into what, Rick? The thermosphere. And he says the temperatures can range from 900 degrees to over 3 3,000 degrees. degrees. That's right. So, that's they asked Alan Bean, I call him Alan Beanbag, how, how did you guys get through the Van Allen belts? His his uh, answer was this, and you can see the wet sweat underneath his armpits, these disgusting astronauts. So, anyway, he said they just closed their eyes, and they just saw these little lines going through. Yeah, whatever. You would have cooked yourself like bacon and eggs up there, buddy. They would have no space. Oh, he now he didn't even now back up just before he said that, Mark. He said, um, I don't have any recollection of that it happening. So the interviewer, the reporter said some of the other astronauts report seeing flashes of light in their eyes. So Alan Bean goes, oh, that, yeah, the flashing of the eyes things. I remember now. Yeah, he just closed his eyes, Rick. I right, he said, well, eyes. if you close your eyes, you can just barely see it. But, yeah, I think I saw one or two. Some of the other astronauts were like, man, it was so, it was like on being on acid, man. <laughs> that sucker should have used a little deodorant, though. That sucker was sweating his ass off. You know, that wet spots underneath his arm. I mean, these guys are the epitome of, to me, of human feces on Earth. Yeah, that's the way I look at them. And, and you know, these are America's best. Here's what gets me. I America's remember a time, I'm from a different time, when we called America's best our firefighters and our Marines. That was America's best. Because those guys weren't flat-out liars. They were out there actually doing that job that they said they were doing. But along comes Mr. Astronaut. They immediately get labeled as America's finest, the right stuff. But if you look at it in those terms, that's actually right on the money. Because America has become about nothing but lies. So why that's shouldn't right. we have these filthy, disgusting lie tards as America's best? I think that's perfect, don't you? You know, not only is that perfect, I would even go further and say... If you speak the truth, you're hated, vilified, and mocked and ridiculed. But if, if you're, you're a liar, if you're a liar, you're a hero. That's right. If you're a liar, you're a hero. And not only that, let me add something to that. The history is written by the murderers. Yep. History is yep. always written by the killer, not the, the oppressors. Victim. The, oppressor. the, the killer always has the last word. That's right. But That's anyway, right. if you're just joining us, welcome to the Shadow Effect Show with Rick and Mark. We're live today. How you doing out there? We got about 15 minutes left, and we're going to switch back to 
corporate so we can get our commercials breaks in and our Flat Earth News Brief. Going to invite you to stay tuned for the second hour of the Shadow Effect Show with Rick and Mark because we're going to continue with this important conversation about the high level of integrity of America's astro dorks. Ass, I like that, Rick. That's kind of cool. <laughs> astro dork. <laughs> I keep going on sometimes when I write. I use a different word, a different connotation for them. Astro dorks. Astro dorks. That, that, that's fitting. It's important that the people who are listening understand that Mark and I mean no disrespect to the United States, to the flag, or anything like that. In fact, we're suggesting that the real derogatory is NASA. The real slap in the face of the United States is NASA. And believe me, friends, I've got friends from the UK. I've got friends from Spain, from uh, all over the flat plain that tell me the same thing. NASA is a disgrace. Now here I've got to stand, I have to stand and hold my head up and with with the full knowledge that NASA is my baby. My taxes pay for it. People actually look at me to describe or explain what NASA's up to. I don't know what to tell them. And also we know eight eight ex-NASA employees, we won't go into that, but eight of them. That we know personally. They, they won't cop the for NASA. the same exact thing. That's right. And these people won't stand up and cop on NASA's behalf. They won't stand up and go, no, we're going to defend NASA. Only idiots defend NASA. The rest of us, the, the thinkers, can look at the silly mechanics of this entire thing. I heard a, in fact, here's how silly it is. I was talking to a uh, uh, photography um this guy was a photography engineer. He built cameras. He said that no lens would work in space. He said, we're not sure why, but when you put that lens in the darkness of space and you add the vacuum to it, the lenses will simply not function. So get that one in your head. Well, also daytime moon, they, t- they tell us, the moon is comp- the composition is one sixth of the gravity of Earth. At nighttime, it gets to a negative one hundred degrees, but in the daytime, it gets to two hundred and fifty degrees. There's no question in my mind that the, the old Hasselblad cameras that they used in 1969, there is no possible way no, that they no could have taken no. any images I'm talking about pictures of the moon right and there's, for it's one impossible. Thing, the film emulsion let's not talk about the cameras let's talk about the film for a moment film is made up of liquid emulsion in a negative 300 degrees environment how long do you think your liquid emulsion is going to hold up that's just one thing there's also the concept that there are no heaters on any of the cameras. You heard me mention earlier that all of the Mars ro- rovers have a tiny heater system on the uh, IC chips. But there's no such thing on that. I mean, it doesn't exist. No one is answering questions like that. No one is standing up at Q&A seminars with, with astronauts putting questions of... Uh, the melting points of aluminum hybrid polymers and alloys. No one. And and that's what I'm suggesting here. It's just called hero worship. They just yeah, worship. It's hero worship. But you see, the, the clever 
the clever um, the clever manipulation of the the media in avoiding people like you and I getting to ask these questions and letting up little idiots like that guy. And I'm sorry to be so judgmental on the guy, but I think he was planted to do a job. It's all part of the psyop. But you know, I'm glad the I'm glad the question was asked, Rick, because that is part of the that's part of many, 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 well, that, many deceptions. That's the sad you know part I mean? about it, Mark. That that's that's the thing that I find the most angering as well. Because you see what they do? We finally come up with something. We finally dig and dig and we find this bubbles in space thing. So right. here's their reaction to it. Make it look ridiculous. Make it look stupid. Give people the get the laugh reflex when they hear it mentioned. That's what that thing did, that video. That's exactly what that did. Otherwise, that would have never been released. See, that's what they do to us. They latch on to things. I mean, if you know anything about law, you know that the first job of any defense lawyer, your very first and probably your most important job, is to attack individual pieces of evidence and have it thrown out. Right. The best way to have evidence thrown out is to make it laughable. I mean, that way nobody will take it serious. That way the people who are listening, the next time they hear that, they'll think back and they'll say, oh, I remember hearing this before. And it, it doesn't mean anything. It's a joke. I should be laughing. So everyone laugh. What, what chance do you think a teacher has of teaching anybody anything if the whole classroom is laughing at him? And by the way, that's the reason why we are so harsh at our Facebook groups. We have so many moderators, we have so many admins that are trained to look out for cases of personal abuse on, on the part of these round earth believers because they are abusive bastards. They come in here using name calling and and stupid things that just hurt people. And that won't be tolerated. I don't mind That's them right. having a different opinion. At that point, we get into the teaching mode. But if they're going to be abusive uh, and insulting, and, you know, of course, we yep. can't tolerate that. That's what I'm saying. You can't have the classroom laughing at the teacher and expect to teach anybody anything. So we get rid of these detractors, as I call them. People say all the time, they say, you're just afraid of a difference of opinion. Oh, really? Is this a difference of opinion? Oh, you're all just retarded. The world is flat or round. Is that a difference of opinion? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because many, many, many people today are actually homeschooling their kids because of the nonsense that is taught in our schools today. I mean, I'm talking about a... I've, I've ran into many people at a coffee shop that's actually homeschooling their kids. Now, in California, they're trying to make it illegal against the law yeah, I heard that. for you to homeschool your own children. Can you imagine that? That's Nazi. That That is communism. That's Nazism. That's socialism. Demonic. Yeah, absolutely. At what point should we allow the government to dictate how we raise our children to us? Get out of here with that shit. Amen. Amen. And, Amen. and I, I hate I hate to call out the Democrat the Democrats have lost their minds, dude. They 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 they've actually and again I'm not Republican, I'm independent. I, I probably don't even ain't gonna vote anymore because they all 
they all two wings of the same same bird, you know. But the oh, Democrat yeah. Party, I think, is being used by the Soros group to form the new world agenda. I'm talking about the way wacko leftist, immoral, transgenderism, everything's normal, just accept it. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. You had a track meet and you got ten contestants. And all 10 gets trophies. You know, the 10th place finisher actually gets more heroic than the first place. You don't have any winners anymore. You don't have that's no right. losers anymore. Everybody's a winner because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I that's mean, right. that's the biggest crock of but, crap. But you know what? You There's know. a double standard. What you just mentioned, that's exactly right. Everybody is supposed to you know, watch out for the feelings of the, the Muslims. Watch out for the feelings of the atheists. Watch out for the feelings of the roundheads. But what about the God-believing, God-loving, God-fearing flat-earthers? We have no rights at all. They laugh at us. But we're growing, brother. We're growing proportionally. Oh, yeah, we're growing. We are growing. They can't stop it anymore. And that's, well, that's the, the reason, reason why. why see, don't you think, now, follow. from a psychological aspect, from a psychological point of view, this same type of ridicule, is, is actually book textbook knowledge. This is a typical reaction to someone who's right. And believe me, the tactics that the, the opposition are picking up right now are last-ditch efforts. You know what I'm saying? This is They're throwing out everything they got against us. They're Dan sending up Barack mode. Obama Dan against us. They're, they're making people yeah. like, who was it that went up and apologized in front of everybody, B.O.B. or somebody? He said, I'm sorry, I said the earth was flat. Somebody should slap him for that. He's in a flat earth society. That's the problem with him. Right. You know? They're all they're all that way. You know what? They're all part yeah, of the yeah. agenda. Part of the agenda. This is a battle for your mind, ladies and gentlemen. Read the Bible. It says that right in there. It says this is not a fight. This is not a war. They don't the Bible doesn't want you to pick up weapons. In fact, Satan's people are the ones who are using the weapons. Our, we are both the pawn and the prize in this. Our part is not to engage in this battle because the battle is over us. The battle is being fought for us. The battle is for our minds. And that's exactly what NASA is. NASA mind is a mind control organization. Mind imprisonment. Yeah, it's a lot worse than your body being in prison. Your That's why I, I like the one, the connotation that we came up with NASA, where it goes, not actually a serious um, association, or um, some, <laughs> not actually, right, not actually a serious agency, because they're not. No, no astronauts should apply. <laughs> they're, you know? you know what they are, I heard this in a song somewhere, they're just leading themselves and us in the wrong way. And that's the truth. They're leading us all. The, the Bible says that these people are to be uh, double cursed. Not by us, but judgment. Because hey, they well, know the true path. They know that they're leading us down the wrong direction by lying to us. But not so only do they not go along the correct path themselves, they know the path. See, they're doing bad enough by knowing the path and not going down it. But by dragging others off of the true path, they are to be double damned. They're going to hey, suffer. Rick, the two, the two unfavorite words in your, uh, uh, you know, as far as just commonality of your language each day, 
of what words that really you despise. The word global and the word planet. Those are two words I absolutely despise. Global and planet. Yeah, we and, are and with not, me, I hate sheeple, too. What the hell too. is a planet? I hate sheeple, too. That's a word that I tell all our people not to use because the Bible says that we are the sheep, not the sleeping ones, not the stupid ones who... Well, there I went use that word stupid. <laughs> we just call them brainwashed. Brainwashed. Just Those aren't brainwashed. the sheep. Those aren't God's sheep. We are. We hey, are Rick, the sheep. Rick, Rick Lotech, they loaned their brain out, and, it, and the guy they loaned the brain out never returned it. That's what they are. They're <laughs> the like people that, that loan their brain, and they never got it returned to them. I like that one. But anyway, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Shadow Effect Show. This is your host, Rick Lotech. And my buddy Mark Hollander is sitting over there right next to me, about half a country away. <laughs> but anyway, All right, man. We're coming back for a second hour, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. I know I am. I know you, you usually do, but I know I'm going yes. to be here. I'll All right, be here. so right now, actually in about, oh, seven, eight, two minutes, we're going to switch away to our commercial break. We would like to invite you to come back for the second hour. Because we're going to continue this fascinating conversation about how they are manipulating our minds, how they're controlling our actions. You know, we're more than just mind slaves because we pay our taxes to support NASA. That makes us both spiritual and physical slaves to to this union of NASA. You know, Rick, to me, it's like paying people money each day so you can stay in jail. That's right. Let me pay you 50 bucks a day so Keep I can me in jail, go to jail. Right here, walk up to some yeah. black guy in a bar, some big, huge black guy. Yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks for you to bust my ass for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I used to do that, so that's not funny. <laughs> Back in my drinking days, me and my buddies, we used to wander into bars. We, you know, we were Marines and that. So, And we'd always pick out the biggest, ugliest, nastiest guy and mess with him you know <laughs> we didn't go around picking on little guys that's that's for pussies oh sorry hey, you know we're going to be doing our 50th show tomorrow too that's right ladies and gentlemen my buddy mark reminds me 50 live shows as of tomorrow yeah congratulations but, and you're still not tired of me yet that is absolutely incredible that's right <laughs> Hey, does that sound like applause to you? I, I'm wrinkling up my Hall's Cough Drops bag. Does that sound like applause? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, bro. <laughs> okay, we're going to switch away for our commercial right now. And stay tuned for a Flat Earth News Brief brought to you by FENewsNet.com and FEMG, the Flat Earth Media Group. The bosses. The big guys. So come back after this 10 minutes or so, and we'll tell you a little bit about FEMG, too, by the way. So I think it's just a fascinating thing that FEMG is doing, and I'm so proud to be a part of it. FEMG all the way. Absolutely. Okay, so stay tuned after this next brief, and our commercials will be right back with the Shadow Effect Show. Thanks for joining us. This Flat Earth News Brief is being brought to you by the makers of Tarsal Dietary Supplements. Try Tarsal today and 
start feeling good again. The horizon is a beautiful thing to see. It is the point where the sky and ground appear to be touching each other. Scientists have speculated for decades about what the 